Welcome to Tales from the Mooseiverse. We're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. Montgomery the Moose and friends have traveled to Madagascar to find Bobby and Spaceship on the way to fixing chocolate. But upon arrival, they found a range of hundreds of baobab trees stretching as far as their eyes could see. And resting on top of each one, a spaceship looking exactly like the one they knew. Let's find out what happens next. As always, stay tuned after the story for a way you can join in. So now, here's today's Tale from the Mooseiverse. The group looked in awe at the baobab trees and ships all around them, each of which looked identical to their spaceship. Dozens, or maybe hundreds, it was hard to tell in the darkness of night. Tamar held on tight the rubber bass fish she brought with her everywhere, even though it was larger than she was. A hushed whisper came from several members of the group. Spaceship? Suddenly, they were blinded with brightness as the overhanging hulls of the many spaceships around them lit up. Ah! Many of the group shouted and covered their eyes, before feeling the need to open them again for safety. But the change made many of them woozy. Even though the group had just arrived from daytime in North America, their eyes had adjusted to nighttime in Madagascar, and this shift to artificial daylight was disorienting, to say the least. But maybe not as much as what came next. An almost deafening warning came from all around them, broadcast from all the ships and trees in a voice that sounded like Bobby's. Fire! Fire! Evacuate the building! No, wait, not fire, the other one. Intruders! And we're not in a building... There is no building. Repeat, there is no building and no fire. But yes, intruders. Intruders? Roger worried. Where? I think we're the intruders, Montgomery the Moose pointed out helpfully. Seemingly in response to Montgomery's admission, the ships adjusted their lights, lowering the power and turning off all the ones that weren't shining on the group. Now, they were spotlighted. Spaceship? Which one of you is spaceship? Mr. Toucan called out to the lights, but now a different voice responded. This voice sounded similar to Spaceship as they knew her, the kind of voice of a machine that wants to seem like a friendly human. But it came from every one of the hundreds of ships in a way that seemed to echo and carry across the vast area of baobab trees. Spaceship is not one single being, it began. Spaceship is a collective intelligence. What? Montgomery the Mouse asked. What does that mean? A collective intelligence is all the information and knowledge that is known and shared by a group of individuals. What is known by one is known by us all. This collective intelligence as a web is spaceship. What is this place? Mr. Toucan asked, not sure whether to expect an answer. This is the charging and reprogramming station for the collective intelligence known as spaceship. Mr. Toucan repeated the answer in his head. No, I still don't get it, he decided. So, which one is the spaceship we know? Phoebe asked the disparate voice. The unit many of you interacted with is model number 8L8M1N8, colloquially known as Alamina. Alamina, Montgomery the Moose said to himself quietly. That name seems familiar, but I can't figure out why. Montgomery, Tamar asked, why are we trying to find spaceship? Alamina, the voice corrected. Alamina, anyway. Well, my mom has an idea of how we can fix chocolate, he replied. Your mom? Tamar said with surprise. Oh, yeah, this is my mom, Ruth. 
Nice to meet you all, Ruth said kindly to those she hadn't met before. And she has an idea, Montgomery continued. It's something to do with friendship overcoming time? Ruth chuckled at her son's sweet explanation. Well, not exactly, she added, but it seems that the history of chocolate no longer exists, except in the minds of those of you who were involved in fixing the chocolate invasion, and myself since I was turned to chocolate in the time before the chocolate invasion. Oh, yeah, you were going to tell us how that happened, Roger interrupted. I will, I will, I'll get to that. It's quite a story, let me tell you, Ruth reassured. But anyway, the problem with the history of chocolate only existing in our minds is... She asked in a teacherly way. The group looked at each other. No one knew how to respond. Montgomery the Moose looked particularly sheepish. Um, I don't know, he said with embarrassment. I don't really know anything about the history of chocolate. Exactly, Ruth responded with pride in her boy. And Montgomery the Moose lit up with a smile once more. None of us know anything about the history of chocolate, she continued. Oh, said the group, pretending to follow her logic. There was a brief pause while everyone's minds caught up to the problem. So, wait, Montgomery the Mouse said finally. How is that a good thing? It's not a good or a bad thing. You only know what you know. But you know who was part of fixing the chocolate invasion and... Once the dragons unlocked her memory, had an encyclopedic knowledge of the world and its history? The group once again struggled to follow along and hoped she would just tell them the answer. Unpredictable horse? Montgomery the Mouse ventured, but he could tell from Ruth's loving smile that that wasn't the right answer. Spaceship, she said gently. Oh, said the group again, this time understanding more of what was going on. So, if we find Spaceship, Montgomery the Moose said to the group, as if he'd known the plan all along, we can travel through time and fix chocolate, Ruth announced with pride. The group nodded slightly while looking around to gauge others' reactions. I've got to say, that really feels like a stretch, Fred said to no one in particular. How do you know so much about Spaceship, anyway? Mr. Toucan asked Ruth. Ah, well, Ruth began... That's all to do with my story of how I was turned to chocolate. You see, um, excuse me, the Bobby-like voice came over the broadcast system again, interrupting Ruth. Remember I said that thing about intruders? Well, okay, first I said the thing about fire, and then I said it wasn't a fire, it was intruders. Yeah, the important part about all that is that there are intruders. Forget the fire part. Repeat, forget the fire part. The group froze, looking up to see where the sound was coming from, basically all around them. Intruders, the broadcast system said again to emphasize the important part of the announcement. What should we do? Phoebe asked her friends. Should we leave? Well, no, Tamar replied. We need to find Spaceship. Alamina, the collective intelligence helpfully corrected. Alamina, Tamar accepted. So should we run? Phoebe suggested. Where to? Fred countered. It looks the same in every direction. We'd have no idea where to go, and they'd probably just come after us. The group nodded. So should we just stay? Phoebe said finally, and the group agreed that it was their best option. Okay, the Bobby-like voice said over the broadcast system. Well, you're going to be in big trouble if you stay. Let me tell you, big trouble. This is your final warning. Yeah, it's just, Fred reasoned to the voice. I mean, where would you like us to go? Well, that's up to you, isn't it? The voice said, this is a free land. I mean, it's not, it's our land, but you're free to go wherever you want as long as it's not here. 
The group looked at each other with some confusion. Look, the voice said, isn't the deal that if an intruder hears a voice shouting intruder, they run away and leave? I mean, that seems reasonable, right? I think my mistake was the whole fire thing. The group's confusion increased. Who is this? Mr. Toucan whispered behind his wing to Fred, who shook his head incredulously. All right, forget the whole intruders thing, the voice decided. That was a mistake. It's a fire. That's right, fire. Evacuate now, please. Leave in an orderly fashion. The group looked around them and saw nothing but trees and spaceships. Certainly no fire. What is going on? Fred muttered. This is nonsense. Oh, wait. Hold on a second, the voice continued. Oh, no. The group raised their eyes to look up at the broadcast system again. Um, yeah, I need some help, the voice pleaded, because, um... There is actually a fire now, in here, and I'm stuck. The group looked to Montgomery the Moose. Um, please, the voice added with some panic. How do we get to you? Montgomery the Moose asked. Um, the voice panicked further. Okay, I've got it. I'll set up the ship's lights to direct you. Just a second. Uh, oh no, never mind. That control panel's on fire. While everyone stared at him with worry in their face, Montgomery the Moose closed his eyes and thought for a second. Spaceship, he announced. Alamina, the collective intelligence corrected. No, you, Montgomery the Moose responded. Spaceship, the collective intelligence. Yes, how may we help you, the collective intelligence spaceship responded. Are you connected to where that broadcast is coming from, he asked. Yes, we are, the collective intelligence replied politely. Okay, Fred, you're coming with me. Everyone else, stay here. We'll be back soon. What? But how can I help? Fred balked. I'm just a dog now. That's not what the magic is telling me, Montgomery replied. And with that, the two of them seemed to shrink and disappear. But that's not exactly what happened. In fact, Montgomery the Moose and Fred the Labrador Retriever turned into radio waves and flew through the air into the broadcast system of the spaceship that was closest, adjusting to the right frequency to match up with the signal of the Bobby-like voice and following that digital signal back to its source. When they arrived, the two radio waves transformed back into the form of a moose and a dog once more. With a quick glance, they saw that, indeed, a bobby-like creature, green and with three eyes, was crouched under a computer console of some kind while flame engulfed much of the enclosed room they were in. Out of instinct, Fred turned into a dog made entirely of fire-retardant foam and smothered as much flame as he could. Montgomery looked on with a smile before closing his eyes and calmly doing nothing. The fire subsided everywhere, as if it was just done with being fire and wanted to instead rethink its life. Fred, the fire-retardant dog, looked at Montgomery. You didn't really need me here, did you? Montgomery shrugged in a non-committal way. Wow, um, thank you, the three-eyed green creature said to them both as it made its way out from under the desk. You're welcome, Montgomery replied. I owe you a life debt, the creature added. Well... Montgomery the Moose said, there's really no need. You needed help, and we helped. That's all. Hey, how did the fire start anyway? Fred asked as he turned back to a furry Labrador retriever again. Uh, I started it. What? Yeah, I wanted the fire alarm to go off so you'd know it was serious and you had to leave. So you set your room on fire? Yeah, I didn't think it through very well, and then I realized that the only fire alarm we have is me shouting fire. Fred wished he was a human so he could put his face in the palms of his human hands. 
In fact, he wished it so much that he briefly turned into Fred the Human Lab, but still in the shape and size of a dog, and it was a very unsettling sight that Montgomery the Moose could never quite erase from his mind ever after. Um, what exactly is this place? Fred asked, trying to recover some sense of normality. Where are we? Why do you look so much like our friend Bobby? What are you talking about? We look completely different, the creature objected. Not sure how you could think we look similar at all. That's a bit of a racist comment if you ask me. I mean, we're not humans. Fred was taken aback by the creature's response and started to say that of course they weren't humans before realizing he completely missed the creature's point when he continued somewhat to himself. I mean, humans, they all look the same. I can't tell any two humans apart. They're just heads and bodies and some other things if you ask me. Fred wondered if he would get anything useful from this creature at all and almost gave up when the creature started talking again. Anyway, you're in the ancestral earth staging ground of my people, the aliens. Aliens? Fred repeated. Aliens, the creature corrected. It just so happens that it's really similar to the English word aliens. But, I mean, we're not the aliens. They are. They are? You mean humans come from another planet? No, I mean, we did. So I guess in one sense we're aliens... But in another very real sense, we're the normal creatures and they're the aliens, since they're the ones who come from a different planet than us. So, what do you mean by staging ground? Montgomery and the Moose asked, joining the conversation at last after looking around at all the equipment for any useful information. This is where we're based on Earth. Then we explore Earth and all the other local planets from here. So, how many of you are there? So many of us. What does that mean? Fred jumped in. How many is so many? So many! That's like our biggest number. So, all of your species? No, no, no. There's a big difference between so many and all. But so many is our biggest number. Fred persisted. So, like, a thousand? 362? 12? How many is so many? Oh, so many, the creature said unhelpfully. So... Where is everyone? Fred asked doubtfully. They're asleep, the creature responded condescendingly. Or, I'm sorry, did you somehow miss that you invaded our home in the middle of the night? About that life debt, Montgomery the Moose said, trying to get back to the matter at hand. If you really feel that you owe us, we're looking for our friends Bobby and Spaceship. You'll have to be more specific, my intruder friend. Spaceship is a collective intelligence. Yeah, so we've heard, Fred replied. And we're all Bobbies here, the creature continued. Wait, what? Fred was struggling to accept how ridiculous this place was. I said, No, it's okay, he heard you, Montgomery the Moose said calmly. Okay, well, we're looking for unit 8L8M1N8, Alamina, and the Bobby that came here with her. Oh, unit 8L8M1N8, and Bobby? Those troublemakers. Not sure I can help you there. Why not? Fred countered, ready for a fight. Well, I could probably take you to Unit 8L8M1N8, but Bobby is in Tahiti. Tahiti? Yeah, came back here as a universe traveler and tried to change our whole culture. Said we shouldn't all be called Bobby and we should invite other creatures to live with us. When we said no, he said we should use Spaceship to travel to different worlds and help creatures. He wouldn't stop and tried to reprogram Spaceship, so we had to throw him in Tahiti for a few months until he calms down. Montgomery and Fred looked at each other suspiciously before Montgomery decided to broach the question. When you say Tahiti, you mean the place Bobbies go when they've done something wrong and need some time to think it over. 
the tropical island in the South Pacific? What? No, the prison. Of course, Montgomery the Moose replied calmly. It's inside a baobab tree about half a mile from here. Fred looked at Montgomery the Moose incredulously, but the moose continued. And as for unit 8L8M1N8? Yeah, I can connect you with her now, the bobby said, pressing a multitude of seemingly random buttons on the fire-free console. But... but what? Well, she won't be the same as you remember. And besides, she's just part of the collective intelligence anyway. Ah, here she is. On the screen in front, popped up spaceship. Unit 8L8M1N8. Alamina sitting on top of a baobab tree. She looked just like the one they remembered, but also exactly the same as the hundreds of others they'd seen on baobab trees outside, so it was hard to be sure it was her. Montgomery looked at the screen and spoke into a microphone that protruded from the console. Spaceship, Alamina, can you hear me? A single voice, spaceships, replied through the console. Yes, I can hear you. Do you know who I am? Montgomery the Moose asked. From the sound of your voice, it would seem that you are a moose. Latin name, Alsus Alsus. Montgomery looked at Fred, who appeared worried. Why wouldn't she know me? Montgomery the Moose asked the bobby. Well, the green creature replied, when Bobby tried to... And at this, the creature lifted two hands up into the air to use the universally understood signal of air quotes for the next word. Liberate, spaceship... He messed with their programming enough that we had to start all over with a fresh reboot. Meaning? Fred asked. Unit 8L8M1N8 doesn't remember anything from her time with you. Ah, Montgomery replied and closed his eyes to take a deep breath. That could be a problem. Well, there's only one way to find out, Fred said. Alamina, Montgomery asked, what can you tell me about the history of something called chocolate? There was a pause. In searching for the term chocolate in the database of the spaceship network, the number of search results is exactly zero. Montgomery closed his eyes and took another deep breath. Well, the bobby said, feeling the tension in the room. That was exciting, wasn't it? She really phrased that in the most dramatic way. We programmed them to do that, you know. That was my friend Bobby's job. Not Bobby, a different Bobby. So... Fred looked despondent. Is that it? Have we failed? Montgomery closed his eyes once more and took another deep breath. No, he said calmly, with a glint in his eye. I have a plan. To be continued. Thanks so much for listening. As always, we'd love to hear or read your own stories set in the Mooseverse. Who is this mysterious Bobby? What's the deal with all the spaceships? Tell us a story about the so many Bobbies and what their life is like here on Earth. You can record a story yourself on audio or video or write it or even send in pictures. We'll include some on our website, mooseverse.com, and we may even include a snippet on future episodes of the podcast. If you're not on our Tales from the Mooseverse newsletter list yet, Sign up to receive a sheet of writing tips and activities you can use to grow your own stories. Sign up at Mooseverse.com. Mooseverse.com is also where you can find information about our Story Lab online writing and story growing workshops. And remember to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Mooseverse. As always, we're looking forward to reading your stories. 
After all, the stories we tell and the stories you tell are all part of the Mooseverse. Thanks for listening. See you next time. 